All right, and good morning once again, everybody, and welcome back to the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Kenny, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host and beautiful wife, Nika. Good morning, Nika. Good morning, Kenny. How is everybody doing? How is podcasting world coming together? I think it came together okay this morning. How about you? Yeah, I think we're doing fine. Excellent. Well, we've got a great show for everyone this morning. We are going to be going around and getting you caught up to speed on the injuries in baseball right now, at least some of the bigger ones that we've been able to find. And we also have a update on maybe another, a new throwback game that's going to be inserted into uh, Major League Baseball's lineup, something we've been calling for for a long time, another state that does not currently have baseball in it. Much like Iowa and the Field of Dreams is being tapped for a game next year that we're going to tell you about. Sweet. But before we do anything, we got to recap all of yesterday's games for you. And we are happy to once again have Max Sugarcane back in the seat for us today doing his thing, the retro rundown. We really love his old school retro stylings over here. So without further ado, let's send it over to Max. Take it away, Max. Once again, dear friends, legendary baseball voice Max Sugarcane here, bringing you another look back at all of yesterday's diamond cutters with today's edition of The Retro Rundown. This one for Thursday, June 15th. 2023. We begin in New York, New York, where it was New York versus New York. This one at City Field, with both teams starting their races. It was Justin Verlander against Garrett Cole, and both pitchers had it working in this one, with each going six innings and giving up just one earned run. This one went tied into the 10th, where it was Met center fielder Brandon Nemo knocking a double to center field, scoring Eduardo Escobar from second for a walk-off winner and a split of the famed Subway Series. Atlanta took the first of two in Detroit, 10-7, thanks to a 4-4 day at the plate from their young center fielder, Michael Harris II, who drove in four RBIs, including a solo shot in the top of the seven that turned out to be the game-winning run. In the nightcap, it was the Braves once again coming out on top, winning 6-5. It was left fielder Eddie Rosario breaking a five-all tie with a solo shot in the sixth, his ninth on the season. The Twins won their rubber match at home against the Brew Crew 4-2. Carlos Correa stays hot for the Twinkies, hitting a two-run triple to tie the game in the fourth, and coming around to score the go-ahead run on a double from Trevor Larnock. Minnesota would play one more in the inning on a single from Joey Gallo, and that was how this one ended. St. Louis, losers again! Blowing a two-run lead in the ninth at home to the San Francisco Giants. Outfielder Mike Yastrzemski tied the game on a two-out, two-run home run, sending this one to the tenth, where it was three straight singles by San Fran, scoring three consecutive runs, leading to to an 8-5 victory and a sweep over the Cardinals. The Blue Jays won a game against the Orioles 3-1 at Camden Yards. Their first win in five tries against the Orange Birds this year. Jose Barrios was dynamite on the bump, taking a no-no into the seventh inning for the Blue Birds, where it was broken up by the young superstar catcher Edley Rushman for Baltimore. George Springer went deep for Toronto, his tenth long ball on the season. The Cubs came from behind at Wrigley to beat the Pirates 10-6, winning for the second straight game against the NL Central leaders. Chicago scored six in the sixth, capped off by an RBI single from their shortstop, Dansby Swanson, who finished three for four on the evening with two RBIs and a run scored. Meanwhile, the Cincinnati Kids finished off a sweep of the Royals in KC, winning 
Taking this one 7-4, despite being out hit by Kansas City 15-7, the Reds broke this one open in the top of the fifth, hitting three home runs in the inning, including a big tree-run blast off the bat of rookie Matt McClain, his third on the season. And here come the big red machine, trailing Pittsburgh now by just a game and a half. The Nationals battled back in Houston to tie the game in the ninth after a triple off the bat of first baseman Dominic Smith. But Washington gave it right back in the bottom half of the inning. After loading the bases, Jake Myers grounded out to shortstop C.J. Abrams, who got the force out at home only for catcher Kiebert Ruiz to airmail the throw to first base, allowing Jose Abreu to score the game-winning run. The Rangers finally got one against the Halos in Arlington, winning 6-3 against their divisional foes. It was Texas Sluggers Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager going back-to-back -back in the seventh for the home team, breaking open a one-all tie to take a tree-run lead. And they needed it, too, because Shohei Otani cracked a two-run homer in the ninth for Los Angeles. A no-doubter to the opposite field, his American League leading 21st on the season, ahead of his start on the mound later today. We will be watching, dear friends. The Marlins avoided the sweep in Seattle, behind six scoreless innings from their rookie call-up, Yuri Perez, who gave up just two hits and struck out six for Miami. Jorge Soler homered for the Fish, his 20th now on the season. The Rays came from behind and finally won a game in Oakland, defeating the Athletics 6-3. Yande Diaz was the big hitter for Tampa Bay in this one, going three for four at the plate, including a clutch game-tying RBI double in the fifth inning, which led to him scoring the go-ahead run on an RBI single by Josh Lowe. The White Sox came from behind to beat Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium 8-4. It was Chicago slugger Jake Berger with the first multi-homer game of his young career, the second of which tied the game in the eighth inning for the Chai Sox, who took the lead a few batters later when Clint Frazier singled home Andrew Benatendi. Chicago added three more in the ninth, and even this series up at a game apiece. The Fightin' Phils won their second straight game against Arizona in the desert. Four to three in ten innings. Philadelphia was cruising in this one behind seven scoreless from their southpaw, Ranger Suarez, and JT Real Muto's second long ball of the series, which put the Phillies up tree to zip in the top of the sixth. But Christian Walker wiped out that lead with a tree-run homer in the bottom of the eighth his 13th on the season, and this one went to the 10th, where it was Nick Castellanos hitting an RBI sacrifice fly to center, scoring Brandon Marsh for the Phillies, and sending this one to game four tomorrow. And down in San Diego, the Padres skunked the Guardians behind six and two-thirds scoreless from Michael Walker Walker Walker, who improved to seven and two on the season now for the Friars. One of the best stories in baseball. Over on the offensive side of the ball, it was the kid, El Nino, Fernando Tatis Jr., putting on a show for the hometown fans in this one, going three for four at the plate. Leading off the game with a home run in the bottom of the first, his 14th on the season. Nando would go on to add two doubles to his evening, two stolen bases, two runs scored, and an outfield assist in the ninth. Whoa, what a throw! And that's all the tales from inside the chalk lines from yesterday's games. But fear not, dear friends. We will be right back here tomorrow with a recap of all of today's games and another edition of The Retro Rundown. All right, it's time to get on with the rest of the show. Here's the Kanika Daily Baseball Podcast and your hosts, Kenny and Nika. Take it away, kids. Thank you, Max. Great job. Lots of games last night. How about them Padres? How about our team? Hey, it's nice to see our team kind of coming out of it. You know, we were disgusted on Sunday with the way the, the Rockies game ended. The Rockies, they did their rain dance and nature responded to them. What are you going to do? 
But in all seriousness, yeah, the, I, I hope they can get it together. He had a special game last night, no doubt about it. Home run to lead the game off. Something I was really excited about him being able to do, you know, for this team. Put the opposing team on their on their backs. And we've seen him do it a couple times now. And then having a couple doubles after that, the two stolen bases. He was doing it all yesterday. Scored on the wild pitch because he mm -hmm. stole third. You know, that was a big run at the time. And then obviously he had that throw in the ninth where we were, we were both watching it. He he literally stepped like he was going to just throw it into second. And then he but saw the runner, I think, out of the corner of his eye, take a really big turn. Mm -hmm. And he just adjusted mid-throw or, or mid-stride. He had already taken a stride, like we said, but he, he kind of adjusted his body. And he kind of threw across his body to... Get the first. runner out at first. Mm -hmm. He was called out on the field. They reviewed it. I, I thought he was going to be called safe, but I was wrong. It was very close. When we looked at the review, it was very yeah, That must close. be what they decided is that, you know, there's just not enough here to overturn it. Yeah. Overturn it. So it was an interesting throw because he did look like he was going to throw it to the second base. Then he twists his whole body. It was weird. Yeah. I, I saw. The announcers, uh, Don and Mud for the Padres, they were calling it a deke out, you know, like that he faked him out a little bit. I, I honestly don't think it was. I, I think it's just adjustment. He, he was gonna throw it a second mm -hmm. and, and he literally saw out of the corner of his eye the wide turn and just decided arbitrarily in that moment, I'm gonna throw it a first instead. Oh. Just to have the athletic ability and, and to be able to make that throw in the way that he did is so cool to watch. So if you can see that highlight you can see that highlight actually because we should also be letting you guys know that max's updates are now available every day with motion picture with on highlights. our youtube channel yeah so make sure you go and look up kanika baseball on youtube and rumble and and or maybe even tiktok i don't know sometimes they make it up to tiktok there's a lot well we're working on churning out the sausage, but as you can probably hear, I'm tired in my voice today a little bit, but that's okay. I enjoy making the, well, Max enjoys making the content for you guys. And so, yeah, but we should be letting you know that there is full motion picture. So you can go watch these highlights yourself now and, but you should go watch Fernando's throw. It was awesome. Yes. Also, we should mention that Michael Waka had a really good game. Yeah. He, I think is probably one of the best stories in all of Major League Baseball. He's got to be in the National League. I, I hope he makes the All-Star team. I hope he doesn't get overlooked. But he's been 7-2, and two and, and he's really one of the reasons why we even are where we are. We're not in a great spot, but we are within striking distance of the wild card, and I think we're, we're zeroing in on 500, uh, finally again. Mm -hmm. And and I really hope this time we can like break through and stay above 500. We really have to if we want to be in the race this year. So... This is a very crucial point for the Padres because the Rays are coming here this week. That's going to be a tough series. And they are probably already a little edgy from mm -hmm. losing a couple games to the Athletics. And Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. At the same time, I really hope we've been highly critical of, of a couple guys on the Padres, like Juan Soto and Blake Schnell this year. But I'm happy to say that Blake Schnell has been pitching really well of late, actually starting to feel bad for the guy because the team has kind of broken in his heart. Yeah, kind of let him started, down. You know, including last Sunday against Colorado, he pitched a great game and the bullpen didn't hang on to the game for him, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it was a sad moment. They should have won that well, game. Either way, like I, I just hope he doesn't let it stew because he's from the Rays and he's pitching against them this weekend. And we really need him to show up and, and be the best Blake that he can be. So if you hear this, Blake, I, I'm with you, buddy. Lefty to lefty. Come on, man. I think he'll be just fine. Yeah, yeah. He was just fine. And Darvish was pushed from today's game to tomorrow now. So that um, makes more sense. Weather, Weathers is pitching now today, and hopefully he does well. I know he was a little irritated because he got taken out of his last start early. Well, so. I mean, it's not about you all the time. It's about the it team. So, oh, I know. you know, if you're having a bad day or a bad game at the beginning, sometimes, you know, it's easier hey, just to take you out. If I'm Bob Melvin, though, at least at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to call Ryan Weathers into my office and be like, hey, man, I don't mind. I, I, I want someone who wants to be competitive out there. So I hear you and get ready for your next one. And that's all you really have to say to a player, I think, to put their mind at ease a little bit. Okay, well, it's not personal, so I, I'm going to get another crack next time. So anyways, we'll see. But I, I really I really need the Padres sweep today. It's on my menu for... Uh, needs well Weathers is younger player he's not a veteran by no means so he maybe needs some time to get adjusted to all these new rules new yeah. players well, i think the biggest thing with him is his velocity has been up and down this year like there's been days where his fastball has kind of like been hovering around 92 93 and then there's been other days where it's hovering around 95 96 and i think the padres want more of the 95 96 variety to be more consistent and I think it's a struggle for a young player who's being asked to come in in relief or mm -hmm. asked to start and like kind of bouncing back and forth between these two roles. We really take a guy like Nick Martinez on the Padres for granted because he it makes it look so easy to like, oh, I can start today. Oh, I can come in on, out of relief today. But Nick Martinez has been more of a reliever. He's settled into that now, mm -hmm. but he, last year he really... He like, was a starter last year. He bounced. Yeah, he did. And he did it without complaint. He didn't let it affect his pitching. I remember when he said this season, I will do whatever it require of me to help the team. So whether that's relieving, starting, whatever the assignment is, he will do it. And I think Ryan Weathers falls into the same category. He's just a little younger, and he has to come to his own at some point. He 21. could be a nice piece for the Padres. He's a lefty. If he can get that fastball, I think, and the velocity to be consistent all the time, and, and he probably needs to be a starter all the time to help that a little bit. So we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, and you know, we'll see if the Padres feel like they need to do anything at the All-Star break for this rotation. Okay. You know, Seth Lugo is on the injured list until around the end of June, it says. So he had been pitching really well, though, for us. Um, mm -hmm. So we have Michael Walker, Seth Lugo, uh, and then obviously we have Blake Schnell. Joe Musgrove has been looking a lot more like Father Joe the last couple times out there. Darvish has been better since that awful start at Yankee Stadium that we all want to forget. I think things are pointing upward. We need to see it against top tier teams. You yes. know? And so we're going to get our first test with Tampa Bay this weekend at home. And luckily for us, it is at home and not in Tampa Bay. So love. hopefully we can keep some winning streak going today and into tomorrow. Sweep will be nice. It will be nice with the Guardians. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It will just be nice to have more than three games won in a row. I think this is one of those moments where two out of three ain't bad just is going to feel a little bit like a letdown. Yeah. And and, and and it's hard to ask. The one thing I will say, it's not a short turnaround today. It, mm. They still play at night tonight. 
So hopefully they calmed down from all the festivities last night. I've, I could see them being amped up. They had a good game collectively as a team. So hopefully they didn't get like a, a hangover effect or anything from last night. Have time to get their full rest in before coming into work today. And we'll see where it goes. All right. So that game is tonight at 640. Yes. Damn, I should get my schedule open. There's always, there's so many windows you got to have open as a podcaster and someone to keep track of. There's a lot to keep track of for sure. Well, Another game on our radar tonight, not that they're not all on our radar, but a big one is the Angels at the Rangers. We've got Otani against Eovaldi on the mound. The Wizard, as Max calls him. Against the Dragon. I don't know. I think it, I think the Wizard is much better than his other nickname, Nitro. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah. Sounds like some douchey nickname from the, the, the Ben Stiller's gym in that movie with Vince Vaughn and the, where they're all like dodgeball. Oh, dodgeball. Yeah, like it sounds like Ben Stiller's gym, you know, like, hey, yeah. Nitro. Yeah. Way to work those calves. <laughs> Funny reference, but you're right. So, sorry, Nathan, Mr. Eovaldi. you the wizard. We're changing your nickname to the wizard, and uh, we think that the Rangers should have a Merlin's hat night for you. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Yeah, I, like I mean, it. the Padres are having Harry Potter night. The, the the announcers knew nothing about it last night. They were talking about these Padres hats coming up. And, and they're like, we have no clue. What... And we know nothing about her. I, I, I really appreciated it, by the way. It was funny because <laughs> they were like, yeah, hey, we know nothing about this. The, my favorite was that they called uh, the Huff, Huff Puff House Huff and Puff. Huff and Puff. Yeah. So it's like the house dragon Huff and Puff or, uh, you know, maybe a, a bong smoker. Maybe that's how it all started. We, we don't know. Maybe that's how the Hogwarts School of Wizardry started. <laughs> okay, back to baseball, everybody. Okay, Shohei and Rangers. So, yeah, we have the Wizard Eovaldi on the bump against Shohei Otani, the, one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball. Hottest. He is. And I don't think anybody's going to take that place from him right now. I don't think so. He is 14 for his last 28, hitting at a 500 clip. In his last seven games with five homers, 10 RBIs. Let's add five walks in there, a stolen base. Ooh, wow. Those are definitely MVP type numbers. His average hitter. is 500 right now for the last seven games. Over the last week, he's just like every one out of two times. He's on base. Yeah. Well, no, he's getting a hit. His on base is 55 point nine percent you know five five nine so he's no. actually getting more than once every two times up he did it so beautifully last night i i, I watched he he scored he he rbi'd all three runs for the angels last night mm -hmm. and the first run he drove in it was just a soft little dink to the opposite field you know he didn't try to do too much with it it's team baseball he just dinked it over the infielders and was able to drive in the run and tie the game in a critical moment for the Angels. Obviously, that game remained tied for a long time, and then Semyon and Corey Seager did their thing. But as you can see, later on in the game, they're never out of it. Never out of it because he goes yard again. A 450-foot shot this time to the opposite field. He's making it look so easy. He's using the entire field, and he just has a, a, a really great approach up there. Yeah. That's all you can say, and it's, it's paying dividends right now um now we should point out the angels lost last night and today's a big game for them you know they're facing one of the best pitchers in the american league right now 
and they have their ace on the mound who needs to, I think, have a, a convincing start to kind of like Ooh. shut some people up a little bit. Okay. For the first time, I think, since he's been doing the whole two-way thing, is he tired, you know, like fatigued, like the media kind of ran with that word the other day, and, and you had his manager being like, well, I don't know if that's what I thought he meant by it you know yeah stuff like that I, but either way i think the best way to just kind of like make this story go away is to have a good start against a really good team you absolutely correct otani has this thing sometimes he has one bad inning whether that's a second inning third inning it, it just happens this is like a trend with him you're, uh, you're spot on i don't know if you want to call it a fatigue within a game because i think that was the reference that the article was talking about more than mm-hmm. him being fatigued or from baseball in general yeah it's more during the game i mean the man is doing two jobs we, we, we should point out a couple of things like he's he's five and two as a starter this year. He's won five games, lost two. That's he's, not bad. He started 13 games, so he's had seven decisions in 13 starts. So about half of his starts, he gets a decision in, which okay. means the other six starts, you know, he at least their team was in the game. He either left when they were tied or he didn't get a decision. He must have left when they were tied, you know? So okay. they were in the game, and that's what you want more than anything from any pitcher all the time. You know, obviously... The expectations are always higher with a guy like Otani. But at the end of the day, hey, did he keep us in the game? Did we have a chance to win? Those are the basic first two questions about any game, period. Okay, one of the things that Otani really needs to work on because he's human is his walks. I'm looking at his last three starts against Seattle, Houston, and Miami. And in those last three starts, he has nine walks total. And that even three walks a game is too much. Giving guys free passes And then when you do give up that home run, which you're allowed to do, you're allowed to give up a home run, everybody. These are the best hitters in the league in the world, and they're made to hit home runs. So you're going to give up home runs. But when you walk guys ahead of those home runs, you're really not helping yourself. And I think that's what has happened a couple times to Otani this year. When you see those numbers coming out the way they are, four earned runs, eight hits, three earned runs, three hits but five walks, that's like, oh man, that's a lot of base runners. Whip right now has been 1.21 over the last seven games for him Mm -hmm. as a pitcher. Yeah, I see that. Way higher. It doesn't look like that much higher, but it is way higher than his career average of 1.08. And and if you even look, his regular season whip is Mm 1.04, which means in his previous six starts, he was lights out it because it, it pushed that number that much higher now it's, okay it's, a, it's an interesting thing to look at you can see he has 21 earned runs over his last seven games but in his last 15 games or 13 in this case because that's the only he's only started 13 games this season he's given up 28 earned runs which means in his first six starts he gave up only seven earned runs and in his le- next seven starts he's given up 21 earned runs that's a lot more a lot more. Yeah. So that's that's led to a big jump. His ERA, 4.5. That's not Shohei Otani level. It's a little too high for him. we're used to. So I'm definitely curious to see how he performs tonight after all the, the article came out and the uh, we we even used like the sarcastically that like fatigued otani wins game for the other night in one of our podcast titles so it's hard to like fathom that someone is fatigued you know when they're like hitting 500 over the past week and have a five 
uh, 59 on base percentage or whatever we said it was. I think that's right. Yeah. Well, Otani needs a good game tonight. But we want to, he, he unfortunately is at the mercy of having two jobs in yeah. this league that both must be held to a high level of scrutiny all the time. That's what makes him great in the first place is the fact that he's not just able to do both, but able to do both really great. On the high level too, with the high intensity. He's being scrutinized for everything he does, whether he pitches well or he pitches bad. Everybody's looking at him. Yeah. He's I mean, under microscope all the time. Well, yeah, he's performing. Yeah, he is. It's fun to watch and, and see this moment in baseball. I think we're going to be talking about it for a really, really long time. All right. I think that will get us kind of transitioned into where we wanted to... Mention some injuries? Um, we just want to get everyone caught up, and then maybe one day we will get ourselves caught up, or maybe we'll just do injuries on Thursdays from now on. I don't know. Well, who are you looking at on your injury list this week, Nika? I got Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. From bad the Astros. The Astros yesterday. Mm -hmm. they, got, they got a double dipping of bad news, but yeah. we'll start with Jordan. He has a right oblique strain and is looking like he's going to miss about a month. Oh, that's, I mean, that's taking us right into the all-star break. He's not going to be back until after the all-star break. That's if he heals. The oblique strains, they are really hard to predict how they will heal. According to people that are close to him, you know, mm. he might take some time just to get it healed up. Yeah. Then you got to practice. Then you got to get on the train to get better. So that all takes time. Well, it's a shame he's been having such a nice season. You know, up until a couple of days ago, he was the RBI leader in Major mm -hmm. League Baseball with like a, a couple, 55, I think, right around there somewhere. But he is going to be missed at least for the next month for the Astros and for baseball. He probably will not be able to be in the All-Star game at this point. Probably so, not. Uh, that's another loss for baseball. I mean, you it's can't vote him. that he gets healthy for the Astros than for the American League All-Star team. Yeah, I think Astros noticed him being absent. Oh, yeah. He played I mean, a very good. The Astros are already, like, kind of limping. They, they had a rough year with injuries, mm -hmm. you know. They, they had the Altuve thing for a while. They, they've really had their pitching staff get almost decimated to injuries, which we should also mention their, one of their starters yesterday found out he is out for the season. Lance McCruthers Jr. Oh, Lance McCullers Jr. Sorry, Lance McCullers Jr. My bad. He has a flexor tendon, and he is having surgery, and he is out for the season. Wow. Is that like a Tommy John surgery? A flexor tendon? I don't think it's Tommy John. Okay. I know it doesn't say Tommy John because a lot of times when they say tendon flexor, it's with the elbow and kind of leads to Tommy John eventually. Okay. It says if your flexor tendons are damaged, you'll be unable to bend one or more fingers. Oh, wow. So it sounds like almost like kind of a nerve damage. Oh. Tendon damage can also cause pain and inflammation in your hand. In some cases, damage to the ex extensor tendons can be treated without the need for surgery. Okay. Well, hopefully he can heal up without the surgery. Well, that is a big loss. And that sounds really painful, by the way. <laughs> so I hope you recover soon, Lance. And uh, hope Jordan also recovers quickly. I know he had a neck injury earlier in the season as well. I, so I think it's all tied together to the whole back yeah, and neck, oblique. Back that, or, I mean, oblique, but it just, yeah. Jordan Alvarez is a big guy, and each one of those pieces is a bigger piece. So it needs to all be healthy to be working together to do what it does. You don't want to take back or neck things lightly. 
No. You mentioned one time that he went to see the specialists, you know, for that back. Yeah. And I think that's just all connected. This is a whole body. It all connects. So speedy recovery. Yes. We also have an update on Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso, yes. He got hit on the hand with a pitch. I think we talked about it uh, yes. last week. You know, a lot of times with these hand injuries, as we've seen, like we saw with Manny Machado, when the swelling goes down, they get more pictures and they see new things. When they took new pictures on, so Pete got hit by a pitch and his x-rays were quote unquote negative. When the swelling went down, they diagnosed him with what they say is a bone bruise slash sprain. And he is out three to four weeks. So that's also putting him up against the all-star break. That's true. Um, so I don't think he got a home run leader that will probably not be able to be in the home run derby. Yeah, I was just gonna say I don't think he's gonna make the. And that's home... sad too because we all know Pete loves the home run derby. He almost he trains for it. it. <laughs> yeah. So he's probably bummed out, and hopefully it doesn't affect him psychologically or anything like that. That would be that would be a, a shame. But the Mets are gonna need him if they want to get back into any kind of well playoff picture in the National League. Big win last night, though. Yeah. Big win. So we'll see if they can channel some quote-unquote momentum into their next games off of their win against the Yankees. Good luck at the Mets. Good luck. Speaking of the Yankees, there is really nothing to update anyone out with Aaron Judge and his toe. We looked high and dry, but not a lot of updates right now. So we'll They just see. have to wait and see. I think his toe is just a big swollen toe. That's and a they, big toe. <laughs> it's a big toe, yeah. He's a big man, big toe. I kid, but yes, it is it's probably like a Shaquille O'Neal like sized toe or something. Yeah. So well, anyways, it's a tough one for the Yankees, obviously. You know, uh, as we said, when he hit that door and, it, and he just broke it down, like it's not even supposed to open that way. He took the door with the hinges. Yeah. And the whole gate went well, down. Well, I guess when it came to the wall versus Aaron Judge, uh, Aaron Judge defeated the wall. Well, he got injured, so little, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, he did get injured, but uh, I mean, he did walk off. Yeah, like the wall didn't walk off. No, the wall was on the ground. Yes. Okay. All right. Judge won. One, one for Judge. All right. Well, a couple of sad things. Charlie Blackman has a hand fracture for the Rockies. He's out four to six weeks. Do we know how this happened to him? He got hit by a pitch. Okay. A few weeks ago, and uh, he tried to play through the pain, but obviously you cannot do that. Yeah, another one with a fracture, huh? Mm -hmm. So we've seen a lot of injuries from hit by pitch this year. A lot. Uh, we saw another one uh, a couple days ago with Mitch Haniger and mm -hmm. the Giants. So, yeah, pitchers need to, to walk a fine line between pitching inside. You can't be casually just tossing the ball inside. You got to be focused, and you got to really hit your locations. Mechanics. Yeah. It goes down to mechanics, and I think that's something that's being overlooked for velocity right now, and that's not good. With the pitch clock, it will be interesting to see how this year compares to the previous years when it comes to hand injuries or being hit by a pitch. I'm sure the establishment going to say there was no difference. The one thing that's funny to mention about Blackman is he was actually playing with it broken mm -hmm. for a few days. You know. Oh, it was broken then. They were monitoring it the whole time, and like... You know, according to these quotes, it wasn't feeling great. But then they, they decided to x-ray him again, like four or five days after the swelling went happened. Down. Yeah. And that's where it showed a fracture. So he had actually been playing through it. <laughs> Man. Tough. Tough <laughs> his guy. Manager, no wonder, his manager, Bud Black, is quoted as saying, Charlie's a gamer. Nobody loves to play more than Charlie. That's well, nice. can't play right now, Charlie. Uh, get well soon, buddy. Yeah. All right. I got uh, Liam Hendricks. 
Yeah, me update. too. I got it. What do you got? Well, he's going to undergo more testing for his injured elbow because it's just inflamed and they really don't know what exactly is happening there. Yeah, I can't remember if we talked about Liam and this injury yet, but well, you can I make know people when we were talking about it just between us, we thought and speculated that this was sort of potentially a, a too quick of a ramp up from the whole cancer thing. And it's a really unfortunate situation on the whole because mm -hmm. this was one of the best feel-good stories in baseball this year no one could say that they didn't have a, an emotional reaction i think to the way he was brought back and like it, it was oh, definitely. Uh, such a a great story but at the same time i do wonder whether they ramped up everything just a bit too quickly and if there was an, an adrenaline and like a a, a, a false feeling oh, that was there that like oh I'm ready I'm ready you so know? you're saying it was like a false sense of well-being he felt like he's all up to speed and he can do it and at the end of the cancer, day whatever you're doing in your life is gonna get instantly better and feel better and, it is, and it's not necessarily a I don't mean to say it's a false feeling. Like I'm not trying to say that that feeling is fake or anything like that. No, no, I no. I think there, it comes with adrenaline. And sure. If you have adrenaline and pumping through your body you you do things like you can do things exercising at the gym or maybe you run further that day, you know, without really feeling the effects of it until later, you know? Yes. And I think this is just one of those situations where he was getting amped up and like, oh, I'm back, I'm back. I can't believe I'm back. I had cancer, I'm back, you know? like and Yeah, just, yeah. Well, you know, he only threw five innings since he was back. So that's not a lot. No, and I And then know, he got uh, injured. And yeah. I think you're absolutely right. But, it was you know, too fast. He was pitching in the minors, so it's not like he didn't have a, a, a quote-unquote tune-up process. That's fine. Your body it was ravaged by a disease. It takes time. They should have shown a little bit more restraint, I think. Yeah, I think he needed... Him back yeah. into baseball, and he didn't have a spring training. That's like six weeks of throwing. It, it's just, I don't think he was like even pitching for... His, I, I remember we were talking about it where... He, he made the post where he was like, I'm cancer free. And then like a week later, he's like, I'm pitching. <laughs> and then it's like, okay. Uh, and then like three weeks later, he's like, I'm back up on the majors. And it's like, holy cow, this is fast. And like, yeah. this is incredible. And like, a little too fast. amazed by it and emotional about it. But it, it does feel fast in retrospect. Yep. And this isn't the first time when he has a elbow injury. This is a reoccurring thing with him. Well, hopefully it's not as serious as it might look at the moment. All right. Good luck, Liam. Good luck. I have Cody Bellinger next on my list. Yep. Cody Bellinger is looking like he's on target to do rehab by the end of the month. I thought he already was sent to Iowa. Yeah, but is he playing? Uh, I don't know. I thought he was uh, assigned to start rehab on Tuesday, last Tuesday, in mm. AAA Iowa. Like you say, he's going to play first base. I don't see why they would wait. Okay. Well, it does say he started June 13th, so a couple days ago. Yeah. He had his first minor league start with the AAA Cubs, and he's playing first base Yes. right now for them, which is interesting considering he had the knee injury and he was playing center field for the Cubs and, and doing it pretty well, it looks like. But Jed Hoyer, the Cubs president, I think now, because Theo's gone. He addressed the media kind of about why he's playing first and that it's not foreign territory for him. He actually came up as an outfielder and a first baseman with the Dodgers, but mm -hmm. on playing center field because they just needed eventually somewhere to put him. And that, that's where he fit into the team, and that's kind of where he settled in over there. However, he can play first base, and I think with the Cubs roster being the way it is right now and 
having Talkman, Ian Happ, and mm-hmm. Suzuki. You have Morel that can play outfield. You have Horner and um, Swanson, and they're pretty healthy right now, the Cubs, when it comes to their players, and yet they have to find creative ways to get all these players in their lineup. So it looks to me like Cody Bellinger is going to maybe play first base for this Cubs team and replace Matt Mervis, who respectfully is not Cody Bellinger. I'm excited to see him in the first base. I never saw him play first base, so it's really exciting to see. Absolutely. So hopefully he can find his swing down there and his legs under him because I guess they're concerned about this knee injury with him. I, I really hope he gets to stretch. Playing on the first base, you got to stretch. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, he's never been really having leg injuries. So I'm just saying with all the groins injuries, all the hamstrings, all that stuff, just stretch. It just goes for everyone. Everyone yeah. stretch. Yeah. Whether you play baseball or not, just just stretch. It's good for you. All right. Um, I have another player, Max Muncy. Max Muncy, he left, was it last night's game or the game before? Wednesday. I, I think Wednesday he got an MRI, so he must have left the game on Tuesday. Yeah, but he has a bad hamstring. Yes, it says grade two left hamstring strain. Not sure what that means, but what's a grade two versus grade one? What I read is he's questionable for today's game. He's unknown. So. It's like day-to-day, basically. Yeah, they play the White Sox in the finale today. He has a grade two hamstring strain but the Dodgers are not putting him on the injured list yet okay let's see here I'm trying to find like what a grade two grade two injuries typically take at least four to eight weeks to heal so I don't know how he's avoiding an injured list stint with this it's interesting because if they're gonna keep him day to day are they afraid that he's gonna be out of commission for the next month or so I, I, I mean that that's yeah. kind of prolonging that for later baseball field anytime soon not this weekend yeah. I don't know how they're not putting him on the injured list, to be honest. I mean, that's a serious injury it is if it a takes long. Or a, at least a partial tear. Again, probably didn't stretch. Yeah. It's funny because uh, type 2 acute hamstring strains are considered stretch-related injuries that often that are often seen in dancers or gymnastics. All right. Stretch, everybody. Well, I have Zach Nito. Oh, yes. Left last night's game, I believe. And he had what they were calling cramps. I mean, did he just have to go to the bathroom or On the is left some side? serious issue? I'm just kind of curious. But we'll see if he's in the lineup today. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say yes. I think he's going to be out there. I think so, too. Maybe he had some indigestion. Maybe uh, he ate too much before the game. It happens. I wanted to finish this injury report with the Orioles. Oh? Uh, I have a couple guys on here. One is Cedric Mullins. Cedric Mullins, of course, hit for the cycle earlier this year, and he's been sort of one of the... I think key players to the Orioles' early success. He's been out lately with a groin, another stretch, and it says right now that his return is unknown. It sounds like a pretty bad groin injury over there. So he is being missed right now on Baltimore, though Baltimore is still staying competitive. They're still in second place in the American League. But they're also missing Ryan Mountcastle which is the one I wanted to end on because it's a little bit more of an interesting unknown type situation with him. But he was out last week with what the Orioles were calling illness, and they've since come out and elaborated on this a little bit more. And it seems like he's experiencing a bit of vertigo, and his timetable has been sort of pushed back to an unknown 
situation. It sounds like he needs to see a specialist as well. And so a little bit more of a serious situation on that one for the Orioles. And like, obviously personal health comes first and we all need to be putting that above anything that's like team related. So he's got like a vertigo. So that's going to be unknown. Anything that has to do with your head, yeah, you just, just don't know. It's not anything like super serious and more of a, maybe a dehydration related issue. Electrolytes or... imbalance. It could be. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll have to just wait and see, but wishing him all the best with probably what is a very frustrating and tough situation to deal with personally in the middle of a season. Sure. All right. Well, I just wanted to quickly wrap up here with a story. I kind of learned the through this story that the Field of Dreams is currently under construction in Iowa. This is the stadium where they played the uh, White Sox-Yankees game and last year the Cubs-Cardinals game. Um, they are not doing that this year, apparently, because the stadium is under construction and I haven't heard about this, so I'm going to look into this more, but I would guess that they might be adding seating. It was a very popular destination last year and a year before for people to just go visit baseball in Iowa. I, I thought it was great. Yeah, I think it's, it's sort of like the movie says, if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I think it's been really well received. And there's probably a desire now on the part of Major League Baseball and the people who own the property or run the show there to upgrade everything and maybe make it a little bit bigger, maybe seat more people, more bathrooms, that kind of stuff. I don't know. Everything you need to make a baseball game work, you know, for a bigger audience. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's probably a big job. But I was sad to hear that there was not going to be a Field of Dreams game this year. Not in Iowa. Not in Iowa. And there's not going to be a special game, it looks like, this year. Though the Cubs are playing the Cardinals in London in a in a week and a half, yeah, twenty three so and twenty. We're going to be talking about that in uh, an upcoming show this weekend. But in the meantime, I wanted to bring a story that kind of came across the waiver wire for me yesterday. Caught my eye, and it says that the Giants and Cardinals are set to play in twenty twenty four next year at an Alabama ballpark called Rickwood Field. If you're not familiar with Rickwood Field, which I was not, Rickwood Field opened in 1910 in America, and it is the oldest professional ballpark still in existence in America to this day. It was home to the Birmingham Barons and also the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro Leagues, and it is, I think, most known for now at this point in history for Willie Mays. He played there for two years, or maybe three years, actually, when he was in the minor leagues for the New York Giants. And he joined the Giants in 1951. And it is those same Giants that will be playing at this Rickwood Field against the St. Louis Cardinals, apparently. So that's that kind of came across the wire. I think that's a really cool game. You and I have spoken at length about the desire to spread baseball around, even you know without expanding into every city and depleting the talent level in the league. But I think... This is a great idea. It's a, it's a great way to give people in the South, outside of Florida and Georgia, if you look at like Mississippi, Alabama, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, Oklahoma, like there's no baseball. Mm-hmm. Not major league. There are minor probably leagues around those areas, but there's no major team. Yeah. That, so, that people can come and see. This is awesome. In my opinion, this is an awesome move on the part of Major League Baseball to bring. And and and, and in, in turn, that stadium is probably going to get an uplift a little bit. Like it's going to get a paint job. Maybe like get, it's going to get the royal treatment, I would think, for a televised game like this. They're going to bring out any Negro leaguer that was alive during. And Willie Mays is alive. You know? I'm sure he's going to be there. I would so, have hoped at they'll, least. They'll probably try to get him there. And you might see Barry Bonds come out. He's his godson for 
God's sake. So next year, so they have a whole year to figure the logistics yeah. of it. And I think it's a wonderful idea. It's brilliant. Absolutely. It's a cool thing. And I'm sure it's something we're going to be talking about more. And I just want to give a tip of the cap onto Major League Baseball for thinking along these lines. And I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I hope someday that baseball, professional baseball, Major League Baseball is played in all 50 states every year. Even if it's just for one weekend, let's play in Alaska. Let's play in Hawaii. Let's bring baseball to these people. Like let's let's have a Mariners game in in Alaska. Let's have a Red Sox game in Maine. It's more fun. So we'll spread it around evenly. Perfect. All right. I think that's gonna do it for our show today. But before I get off the air, I just wanted to remind everyone of a couple of things. First off, just a quick reminder that you can watch Max on YouTube. We are gonna be posting his retro rundowns, complete with video throughout the days. So be sure to go over to YouTube and search for Kanika Baseball, and you'll be able to find all the retro rundowns in a playlist. You can just put them on in the background and enjoy retro-style highlights of modern games in the background. So enjoy those. We certainly have fun making them. And if you want to find us on any social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, just search for Kanika Baseball. You'll find us, I promise. It's really that easy. We appreciate if you would go and find us there, subscribe, follow us. helps us out a lot. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Thank you. And please uh, spread the word about the Kanika Baseball Podcast. We, we are coming into a groove here, and baseball season is heating up. So we definitely want to spread the love and keep this going all summer long and build up our listener base as much as possible. We are here for you. All right. Well, that's going to put a bow on this episode. Nika, you got anything else over there today? I think you did a fantastic job. Oh, well, thank you, sweetheart. Um, you're welcome. My pleasure. That's going to do it for today. This is Kenny. I'm going to sign off. I will sign off as well, and I hope everybody has a wonderful rest of the day. Absolutely. Enjoy all the games today, everybody. We got 10. 10 games on the docket today. 10 Enjoy. games. Bye. Bye.